Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for the original, sorry, for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that, also on that top menu, there is a link to subscribe to, to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting a new chapter, The Remedy, and we'll read section one and two, the introduction, and one is introduction, and two is the appointed task. And at the top of the hour, oh, I almost forgot. At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance for our lesson of our for our lesson of the day, lesson two sixty five. Creation's gentleness is all I see, and uh, Fran has. Suffering a <laughs> suffering is the wrong word. She's incurring a home invasion of grandchildren this morning, so she will not be on the call. And we'll be look, we are looking for someone to lead that reflection on lesson two sixty five after the reading. <clears throat> okay. Um, let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your noetic openings for the call this morning? I do, Lamar. This is probably one of the most splendid poems I've ever had the privilege to share. It's from Mary Beth Scalise, and the you in this poem is Christ. And it goes like this. How shall I hold you this morning? I hold you as my holiness. I hold you as the timeless hour. I hold you as my decision and every ounce of discipline, my path and my pathless mystery, which gives itself to me now. As breath, this breath, which is the love of my life, I hold you as love holds life and I understand my great desire and understand my great desire to caress the longing to wrap myself around you this need to curl my soul into your own is more truly the reach of your love pulling me deeper into the heart of my ultimate reality creation's gentleness is all I see Amen.
Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. So much, dear. That's a beautiful, beautiful poem. Thank you very much, Lori. Okay. Uh, all right. This morning I have one with us in the reading. I have, <clears throat> I have to clear my throat. <clears throat> okay. With us in reading, I have Harrison, Jennifer, Lori, Robin Marie, Jessica, Lana. And with us in listening, I have Kristen, Ida, Sandra, and Patricia. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Mr. Robert, would you join listening? Can't, can't read. Right, welcome. Welcome, Thank you. And this is Pat, and I'm listening. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Pat. Anyone else? Okay. I will go ahead and get us started then with a new chapter here. Chapter 25. Chapter 25, The Remedy, Introduction. The Christ in you inhabits not a body, yet he is in you. And thus it must be that you are not within a body. What is within you cannot be outside. And it is certain that you cannot be apart from what is at the very center of your life. What gives you life cannot be housed in death. No more can you. Christ is within a frame of holiness whose only purpose is that he may be made manifest to those who know him not, that he may call to them to come to him and see him where they thought their bodies were. Then will their bodies melt away that they may frame his holiness in them. And Harrison. Chapter 25, The Remedy. Introductions. The Christ in you inhabits not a body, yet he is in you, and thus it must be that you are not within a body. What is within you cannot be outside, and is it certain that you cannot be a part from what is at the very center of your life. What gives you life cannot be housed in death. 
no more can you Christ is within a frame of holiness whose only purpose is that he may be made manifest to those who know him not, that he may call to them to come to him and see him where they thought their bodies were. Then will their bodies melt away, that they may frame his holiness in them. Two, no one who carries Christ in him can fail to recognize him, capital H, everywhere, except in bonds. And as long as they believe they are in bodies where they think they are, he, chapter to age, cannot be. And so they carry him unknowingly and do not make him manifest. And thus they do not recognize him where he is. The Son of Man is not the risen Christ. Yet does the Son of God abide exactly where he is and walk with him within his holiness as plain to see as is his specialness set forth within his body. Thank you, Harrison. And Jennifer. Two, no one who carries Christ in him can fail to recognize him everywhere except in bodies. And as long as they believe they are bodies, where they think they are, he cannot be. And so they carry him unknowingly and do not make him manifest unless they do not recognize him where he is. The Son of Man is not the risen Christ, yet does the Son of God abide exactly where he is and walks with him within his holiness, as plain to see as is his specialness set forth within his body, the body needs no healing, but the mind that thinks it is a body is sick indeed, and it is here that Christ sets forth the remedy. His purpose holds the body in his light and fills it with the holiness that shines from him. 
and nothing that the body says or does but makes him manifest. To those who know him not, it carries him gentleness and love to heal their minds. Such is the mission that your brother has for you. And such it must be that your mission is for him. Oh, thank you, Jennifer. And Lori. A paragraph three. The body needs no healing. But the mind that thinks it is a body is sick indeed. And it is here that Christ sets forth the remedy. His purpose folds the body in his light and fills it with the holiness that shines from him. And nothing the body says or does but makes him manifest. To those who know him not, it carries him in gentleness and love to heal their minds. Such is the mission that your brother has for you. And such it must be that your mission is for him. Section 2. The Appointed Task. Paragraph 4. It cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do, since it is he who does it. And in the doing of it, will you learn the body merely seems to be the means to do it. For the mind is his, and so it must be yours. His holiness directs the body through the mind at one with him, and you are manifest unto your holy brother as he to you. Here is the meeting of the holy Christ unto himself, nor are any differences perceived to stand between the aspects of his holiness which meet and join and raise him to his Father, whole and pure and worthy of his everlasting love. Now, thank you, Lori and Robin Marie. Two, the appointed task. For it cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do, since it is he who does it. And in the doing of it, will you learn the body merely seems to be the means to do it. For the mind is his, and so it must be yours. His holiness directs the body through the mind at one with him. And you are manifest unto your holy brother as he to you. Here is the meeting of the holy Christ unto himself. Nor are any differences perceived to stand between the aspects of his holiness which meet and join and raise him to his father, whole and pure, and worthy of his everlasting love. Five, how can you manifest the Christ in you except you look on holiness and see him there? 
Perception tells you, you are manifest in what you see. Behold the body and you will believe that you are there. And every body that you look upon reminds you of yourself, your sinfulness, your evil, and above all, your death. And would you not despise the one who tells you this and seek his death instead? The message and the messenger are one. And you must see your brother as yourself, framed in his body. You will see your sinfulness wherein you stand condemned, set in his holiness, the Christ in him proclaims himself as you. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Jessica. Okay. Um, which paragraph is this again? Five, five and six. Okay, five and six. Okay. Um, how can you manifest the Christ in you except you took on, you look on holiness and see him there? Perception tells you 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 are manifest in what you see. Behold the body and you will believe that you are there. And every body that you look upon reminds you of yourself, your sinfulness, your evil, and above all, your death. And would you not despise the one who tells you this and seek his death instead? The message and the messenger are one, and you must see your brother as yourself. Framed in his body, you will see your sinfulness, wherein you stand condemned. Set in his holiness, the Christ in him proclaims himself as you. Six, perception is a choice of what you want yourself to be, the world you want to live in, and the state in which you think your mind will be content and satisfied. It chooses where you think your safety lies at your decision. It reveals yourself to you as you would have you be. And always it is faithful to your purpose from which it never separates nor gives the slightest witness unto anything the purpose in your mind upholdeth not. Perception is a part of what it is your purpose to behold. For means and end are never separate. And thus you learn what seems to have a life apart has none. Thank you, Jessica. And Lana. Paragraph 6. Perception is a choice of what you want yourself to be, the world you want to live in, and the state in which you think your mind will be content and satisfied. It chooses where you think your safety lies at your decision. It reveals yourself to you as you would have it be. I'm sorry. 
It reveals yourself to you as you would have you be. And always is it faithful to your purpose from which it never separates nor gives the slightest witness unto anything the purpose in your mind upholdeth not. Perception is a part of what it is your purpose to behold. Perception is a part of what it is your, per- your purpose to behold. For means and end are never separate. And thus you learn what seems to have a life apart has none. You are the means for God. Not separate nor with a life apart from his. His life is manifest in you who are his son. Each aspect of himself is framed in holiness and perfect purity, in love celestial, and so complete it wishes only that it may release all that it looks upon unto itself. Its radiance shines through each body that it looks upon and brushes all all its darkness into light merely by looking past it to the light. The veil is lifted through its gentleness, and nothing hides the face of Christ from its beholders. And both of you stand there before him now to let him draw aside the veil that seems to keep you separate and apart. Thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for paragraph seven and eight? A new reader for seven and eight? Good morning. Morning, Judy. Seven and eight. Thank you, Lemoyne. You are the means for God, not separate, nor with the life apart from his, his life. His capital life is manifest in you who are his capital son. Each aspect of capital himself is framed in holiness and perfect purity, in love celestial and so complete. It wishes only that it may release all that it looks upon unto itself. Its radiance shines through each body that looks upon, that it looks upon, and brushes all its darkness into light, merely by looking past it to the light. The veil is lifted through its gentleness, and nothing hides the face of Christ from its beholders. And both of you stand there before Capital Him now to let Capital Him draw aside the veil that seems, seems to keep you separate and apart. Eight, since you believe that you are separate, heaven presents itself to you as separate too. Not that it is in truth, but that the link that has been given you to join the truth may reach to you through 
what you understand. Father and Son and Holy Spirit are as one, as all your brothers join as one in truth. Christ and his Father never have been separate, and Christ abides within your understanding in that part of you that shares Christ's Father's will, or his Father's will. Sorry, I got notes. <laughs> the Holy Spirit links the other part, the tiny mad desire to be separate, different, and special to the Christ, to make the oneness clear to what is really one. In this world, this is not understood but can be taught. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 8 and 9? Another new reader for 8 and 9? Okay, back to you, Harrison. Hey, excuse me. Hey, since you believe that you are separate, heaven presents itself to you as separate too. Not that it is in truth, but that the link that has been giving you to join the truth may reach to you through what you understand. Father and Son and the Holy Spirit are as one, as all your brothers join as one in truth. Christ and his Father never have been separate, and Christ abides within your understanding in the part of you that shares his Father's will. The Holy Spirit links the other part, the tiny mad desire to be separate, different and special to the Christ to make the oneness clear to what is really one. In this world, this is not understood, but can be taught. Nine. The Holy Spirit serves Christ's purpose in your mind so that the aim of specialness can be corrected where the error lies because his purpose still is one with both the Father and the Son. He knows the will of God and what you really will. 
this is understood by mind, perceived as one, aware that it is one, and so experienced. It is the Holy Spirit's function to teach you how this oneness is experienced and what you must do that it can be experienced and where you should go to do it. Thank you, Harrison. And Jennifer, would you read 9 through 11, please? Absolutely. Nine. The Holy Spirit serves Christ's purpose in your mind so that the aim of specialness can be corrected where the error lies because his purpose still is one with both the Father and the Son. He knows the will of God and what is really well. But this is understood by mind perceived as one. Aware that it is one and so experienced. It is the Holy Spirit's function to teach you how this oneness is experienced. What you must do that it can be experienced and where you should go to do it. And all this takes note of time and place as if they were difficult. But while you think that part of you is separate, the concept of a oneness joint is one of meaningless. It is apparent that a mind so sweet could never be the teacher of a oneness which unites all things within itself. And so, what is within this mind and does unite all things together must be its teacher. Yet must it use the language which this mind can understand in the condition in which it thinks it is. And and it must use all learning to just transfer illusion to the truth, taking all false ideas of what you are and leading you beyond them to the truth that is beyond them. All this can very simply be reduced to this. What is the same cannot be different. And what is one cannot have separate parts. Amen. Thank you, Jennifer. And Lori. Um, is it okay if I also do paragraph nine? Sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. It seems apart. The Holy Spirit serves Christ's purpose in your mind so that the aim of specialness can be corrected where the error lies. Because his purpose still is one with the Father and the Son, he knows the will of God and what you really will. But this is understood by mind perceived as one, aware that it is one, and so experienced. It is the Holy Spirit's function to teach you how this oneness is experienced, what you must do that it can be experienced, and where you should go to do it. All this takes note of time and place as if they were discrete. For while you think that part of you is separate, the concept of a oneness joined as one is meaningless. It is apparent that a mind so split could never be the teacher of a oneness which unites all things within itself. And so, what is within this mind and does unite all things together must be its teacher. Yet, it must use the language which this mind can understand in the condition in which it thinks it is. And, it must use all learning to transfer illusions to the truth, taking all false ideas of what you are and leading you beyond them to the truth that is beyond them. While this can very simply be reduced to this, what is the same cannot be different, and what is one cannot have separate parts. Mm, amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a better, the best summary, better than what I might extract. Um, I hope this, my background barking here isn't coming through. But uh, I just want to focus on uh, one thing, the the remedy, you know, after we've been through the war against yourself and specialness and separation, here's the re- here the remedy is offered. And uh, the reminder of this uh, t- second section, the appointed task, reminds me of the statement very early in the course that the sole task of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. And that at first does appear to be, you know, the statement that all is one appears to be somewhat meaningless looking out on the world. But here is here is the method that he and that the Holy Spirit will support us in of uh, looking for the holiness wherever, whatever we're looking at, but especially with a brother, because that's a direct reminder of the holiness within us. So um, that is kind of as far as I want to go. I could, I guess, I. You know, could read nine, ten, eleven here, uh, but I'm going to go a little bit 
a little bit sideways here and go to um, go to A Course of Love and read one paragraph from day two, which is an exercise that inverts, you know, if our perception is upside down, this exercise asks us to, re, you know, in, invert the inverted perception so it's right side up and how to gain this recognition and experience of oneness. So in day two, let me make sure I don't need to... Okay, I get, I'm going to read the previous paragraph. This is paragraph one and two out of day 12. The spacious self joined in relationship. It says, now we listen to feelings. Now we listen to feelings and understand what they have to say to us. Now we listen with a new ear, the ear of the heart. Now we recognize the thoughts that would censor our feelings, calling them selfish, uncaring, or judgmental. We examine. And we realize it is our thoughts and not our feelings that are selfish, uncaring, or judgmental. We realize this because we realize the sacred space we have become. Our space is the space of unity. It is the space of ease because thoughts are no longer allowed their rule. Imagine the air around you being visible and your form an invisible space within the visible surrounding. This is the reality of Christ consciousness. Consciousness may seem to be embodied by form, but the reverse is true and has always been true. The body is now ready to know that it is embodied, enclosed, surrounded, taken up by consciousness. It is your feelings that now will be the sense organs of the spaciousness. Not feelings of sight or sound, smell or touch, but feelings of love of self. Feelings of love of self, oneself, are now what hold open the space of the self, allowing the space to be. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that the, Helpful summary to the text, but it feels like a good introduction to the lesson. <laughs> so, uh, I'll ask now: Is there anyone who would like to lead us in lesson two sixty-five?
realize I got in a bit of a hurry there and I should have just allowed the space to be. <laughs> Did anybody volunteer yet? This is Mindy. Did Charles just volunteer? Uh, you asked about Charles? Uh, yeah, I didn't hear if someone volunteered yet or not. No, Charles is not on the call. But, um, yeah, uh, no one has volunteered yet. Well, since I'm grappling with this lesson, I'm probably it's appropriate that I do it. <laughs> and let Holy Spirit do it through me. Okay, I'd be very happy to do it. Give me one moment. Okay. <laughs> it's optional, but if you'd like, uh, maybe touch in with the topic of what is the body. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. What is the body? The body is a fence. The Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of his self from other parts. It is within this fence that he thinks he lives to die as it decays and crumbles. For within this fence he thinks that he is safe from love. The body will not stay. Yet this he sees as double safety, for the Son of God's impermanence is proof that his fences work and do the task his mind assigns to them. The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear where every dream is born. I'm going to say that again. And can quite suddenly revert to fear where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. So in other words, if it comes from fear, it is a dream, because love can only create truth. And in truth, there is no fear. Made to be fearful, must the body serve the purpose given it? But we can change the purpose which the body will obey by changing what we think that it is for. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. Now is the body holy. Now it serves to heal the mind that it was made to kill. I'll just say that previously in many, many words it says when the body's purpose is given to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit transforms the purpose into love, healing, and joining. So, identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and you find your capital S. And I will add that all dreams of fear disappear. Moving on to the lesson. Mm-hmm. 
the lesson today is, whoops, scroll down. Lesson 265, creation's gentleness is all I see. I have indeed misunderstood the world because I laid my quote-unquote sins on it and saw them looking back at me. How fierce they seemed, and how deceived was I to think that what I feared was in the world instead of in my mind alone. Today I see the world in the celestial gentleness with which creation shines. There is no fear in it. <laughs> Let no appearance of my sins, and let me say that again because sins is in quotes, there is no fear in it. Let no appearance of my quote-unquote sins obscure the light of heaven shining on the world. What is reflected here is in God's mind. The images I see reflect my thoughts, yet is my mind at one with God's. And so I can perceive creation's gentleness. And the prayer and affirmation will be followed by five minutes of meditation. In quiet would I look upon the world, which but reflects your thoughts and mine as well. Let me remember that they are the same, and I will see creation's gentleness.
Lesson 265. <laughs> Creation's gentleness is all I see. As my cat tries to get into a paper bag here. <laughs> Lesson 265. Creation's gentleness is all I see. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. Good job. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Mindy. That was lovely. My best. Thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Creation is gentleness. This morning as I did this, um, I, I had visions of things that weren't very gentle, that felt very savage, and um, my body had a reaction to it. Um, you know, things in nature. Um, you know, animals preying on each other and, and what that looked like. And my body had a reaction because I identified with the body of the animal. And then I said, okay, God, um, I have my thoughts about this. What are your thoughts? And what I got was that um, as one animal was being held in a vice-like grip by another, which must have been painful um, and was struggling to get out of it but could not get out of it without damaging itself. I thought to myself, how can that be gentle? How can that be a gentle thing? And then I recalled that every soul and every being chose to be there. But the thing of it is, is that if there is an animal that is in the process of being... Um, uh, injured and hurt, God in his mercy puts the animal in shock so that the pain is not unbearable. And the thought came to me that, and I'll just say what it is, there was a zebra who, an alligator, caught the bottom its bottom lip. And this is on YouTube, and I got engaged in it. It was a short, and um, it was struggling to get free, and it couldn't. And it couldn't pull because it would lose its lower jaw. This caused me great pain in the body. And I thought, okay, God, put me in the place of the zebra and let me see what's going on there. And what I got was that the zebra did not feel much pain or much fear. But the self-awareness that the zebra got when that animal did what it did and it was experiencing pain and it was experiencing no way to avoid it, there was a self-awareness, there was an awakening that happened in the zebra. It was more aware of itself with a capital S, the fact that it was awareness and not a body. I thought, wow. What an example of the Holy Spirit using the body for its, to, to come to an awakening of what we really are. That zebra had more awareness of itself and its creation and its, its connection with 
um, its higher self at that time. And so that's what came to me. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you. But I know sometimes when something shocking happens to me, I wake up. I'm not caught in the dream. I just wake up and it's like, oh, my God, you know, something shocking happened. And that allows me to be in my observer self to say, okay, what's going on here? So I thought, okay, I can, I can live with that. Um, and I'm asking God to continue to show me because that represents my fear of my pain and my suffering and my suffering with pain rather than just joining with the sensations in the body. And this is an opportunity to let go of the body's ideas, the ego's ideas, which is separate and suffering, and allow myself to see how these feelings or sensations are meant to draw me inward to the part of me that can enfold that in love and have it be a gift. And it's meant to wake me up to that which will wake me up to all the other blessings of love in my life. When I can take the thing that looks like it's the, the curse or the burden and let the Holy Spirit show me how to hold it, then wow, what a, what a wonderful domino effect God has on the rest of my life. And I'm still in the process of it, and I'm very willing to have that process continue and uh, to get to the place of the sunshine and the love and seeing creation's gentleness and walking in love and gentleness and just seeing it everywhere and bringing healing to myself. And when I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. And I know that as I walk out there, gentleness is waiting to meet me because it's not just out there, it's everywhere I go. And I have no fear of stepping out today in faith. And that is my declaration. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, and that's the truth. As Edith Ann would say, and that's the truth. Gentleness is all I'm willing to see today. And so with that conviction, I turn it over to the Holy Spirit because I don't know how to do it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing it for me. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you for your share. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for that. Yes, I've always Thank felt that you. As Thank an you. animal dying, you know, I felt, okay, that, that spirit is just going up. That spirit is just, uh, has bloomed, exploded. <laughs> and that, I've always felt that, so I'm glad that you shared that because I confirm that. Thank you. This is Jennifer. The one thing that just came to mind is animals are always in present time. Um, and to be um, taken down as supper is the highest thing they could do the highest offering. Um, and thank you, Mindy, for um, explaining the going into shock. I, I didn't know that, and I now can be in present time about that and let it go. Thank you. 
Good morning, church. Creation's gentleness is all I see. Because creation's gentleness is all there is. The ego thought system tries very hard to show me the opposite of creation's gentleness and tries to convince me of the reality of savagery, war, death attack, murder. That's the opposite of creation's gentleness. And my problem has always been seeing myself and others as bodies and seeing what happens to bodies as reality, as the truth. And once I fall into what I see as that trap, then uh, I see all kinds of things that I would judge as painful and upsetting. All I have to do is turn on the evening news and there's a litany of pain and suffering throughout the world, human and non-human. And as poor students, we have to look at that and make a decision in our minds. Am I seeing this with the eyes of Christ? Or am I seeing it through the ego's thought system? That's the choice we're making. Every moment of the day, we're making that choice. Am I seeing creations, God's gentleness, or am I seeing the savagery of the world? Am I allowing the ego thought system to prevail? That's the choice I'm always choosing.
Love affects when here. Am I choosing guilt or forgiveness? It's one or the other. And whatever thought I choose is what I perceive outside me. Ego thought system is cunning, <laughs> in my opinion. It plays on our sympathies. It tries to get us to believe that what our eyes are showing us is our reality. The chorus on the other hand is saying that your reality stems from your thoughts and you either think the thoughts you think with God or the thoughts you think with from the ego thought system. Whichever one I choose is what I perceive outside me. I work every day to try and embrace the Holy Spirit's forgiveness and forgive the world for all I thought it was. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Good morning, everyone. It's Lana. Um, I really love this reading, as I usually say, and it seems to bring me right into the lesson um, that I can experience uh, the love of God's gentleness <laughs> in everything I see. But, um, you know, even though it's, it says in the beginning of that, of what is a body, the body is a fence the Son of God imagines he has built to separate parts of the self from other parts. And that's, and that's so true because, um, you know, what I'm speaking to is our awareness of the truth. The truth, of course, never changes. I'm always one with God. I'm, I'm always one with my brothers, and I'm always one with the Christ within all of us. But if I don't have that in my awareness, you know, I lose touch with the fact uh, of the power and peacefulness and loveliness of my truth. So for me, Holy Spirit is like, <laughs> it's like the extension cord I have on my computer. Um, it connects my computer to the power of the electrical outlet. Um, and without my extension cord, 
my computer will slowly weaken and seem to die, you know. And, and so that's a state which I can relate to when I'm separated, when I seem to be separated from my tr- truth. I'm, I'm powerless. Um, and it starts the show as I run out of steam, <laughs> as my power is diminished from uh, entering in a dream of forgetfulness. Um, it will seem like I'm slowly dying. That also can be a red flashing light that, or yellow light that's cautioning me to reconnect with my source. You know, it's um, Holy Spirit is our community. Actually, it takes the place of the communication device that the body was intended to be, and it helps me to reconnect with uh, my power and the truth of me, uh, which is I'm one with God. So um, it's it's just a simple analogy that I, I'm not alone. And any time I wish to bring the awareness or I desire to bring the awareness of my truth, it's to join with Holy Spirit. And because Holy Spirit brings me to that meeting place where I reconnect with God and I become aware again of the source of my power and my peace and the truth of what creation is um, without that. And, And then, you know, like I think Jesus says, let me scroll down here, um, in the first paragraph of section two, Oops, I'm sorry. My fingers are scrolling very slowly today. Um, the, um, under the remedy, uh, it cannot be that it is hard to do the task that Christ appointed you to do since it is he who does it. So this meeting place where I reconnect through the Holy Spirit, once I become once that enters my awareness and I choose it. Uh, you know, it's like God picks up the ball, and everything or anything that needs to be healed will be healed, not by me but for me. So it's choosing to align my mind, my whole being, with the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit brings to my awareness the truth about my brothers. And then I see it, every, I start to see all the loveliness that is truly there without the fog of forgetfulness. A fog of forgetfulness is where everything is very confusing. I, I relate it to mud on a car windshield, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit is the sprinkling system. And when I turn on my... Um, windshield wipers, it removes the mud so I can see clearly and I can see the gentleness, not only in the world, in my brothers, in myself, it all becomes very innocent. And I, you know, I don't um, have to know all the ifs, ands, and buts. I just have become aware that I have this inner knowing that 
everything is for the greatest good. And just because I'm one piece of the puzzle, as I think I was sharing yesterday, the the whole puzzle once connected um, together is the total picture. It's it's the greater good, um, and everything returns to peace, especially my mind, returns to a place of sanity. Um, Jesus tells us somewhere that first forgiveness, then understanding. Because I can't understand anything if my mind is not aligned with the source of truth, with the infinite mind of God, um, who knows all. So it's in coming to trust that that everything is for the greatest good, regardless of appearances, that will bring me back to a peaceful awareness that what is, is. And God's in control. There's no mistakes in the atonement. The Son of God will awaken together. We will all awaken together as one and bring back to our awareness that we've never left our source. We've never been separated um, only our awareness has traveled off in time and established a home in the body rather than in spirit. It's um, real fundamental to me to remember what I share often, that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And the spiritual being is perfect in every way but the human part, not so much. <laughs> it can be confused, deceived, and forget. But fortunately for all of us, you know, we have that choose once again option. So if I notice I'm not at peace, with that yellow flashing light goes on in my mind, I reconnect to that extension cord, to my power. And... Um, and that loving energy starts to flow again through my being, and memory and peace return. And I realize that this human experience can make me stumble and fall sometimes, perhaps a lot, but I, I've never lost contact or oneness within the truth of me, which is spirit. Um, I can confuse and believe that the home is my body, but the body could never, never um, be large enough to hold the immensity of God and truth and who I truly am. So it's a reversal of the thought system that believes I'm in a body and shows me instead that the world, the body is within me. And what I project in fear or what I extend in love will be the picture that shows up. So if I chose wrongly and it's not the gentleness of creation that I'm seeing, I just have to pause a moment. That's all. Just stop my thinking mind for a moment. Tell it to shut up for a second and just become quiet and reconnect with my Holy Spirit, which takes me to the meeting place where my brothers and, my, and the Christ within us all and my Creator are all one. 
So it's uh, almost like a you read the I read the lesson, <laughs> and it's it's the reading the the text this morning that I arrive at that awareness that the lesson is teaching me about the gentleness of creation. Um, it's just to go to that meeting place in my mind via the Holy Spirit and let it be done unto me according to thy will and not my own. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. Every time. This is Jennifer. I was um, scrolling through and I um, I was guided, uh, you know, um, um, Lemoyne was talking about feelings earlier, um, you know, uh, in the reading of, I think, The Course of Love. And um, what I'm putting together is um, my my doorway back to truth um, is being open to how I feel, um, which is in my heart. And in my heart is uh, the Christ. So releasing, as Harrison was talking about, the judgment that I have of my feelings and of others is... um, my choice now. And I went back, I was guided just a moment ago, chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, the introduction, paragraph two. I'd like to read it. It's very, I don't know, it just feels really good. Uh, So I'm going to do so. To learn this course requires willingness to question every value that you hold. Not one can be kept hidden and obscure, but it will jeopardize your learning. No belief is neutral. Everyone has the power to dictate each decision you make. For a decision is a conclusion based on everything that you believe. It is the outcome of belief and follows it as surely as does suffering. Follow guilt and freedom, sinlessness. There is no substitute for peace. What God creates has no alternative. The The truth arises from what he knows, and your decisions come from your beliefs as certainly as all creation rose in his mind because of what he knows. Coming. Now, the paragraph's done, and I'm just going to conclude. This is from the heart. This is from your heart, my heart. So if I'm just willing to acknowledge that there's a racket going on, there's an old belief that's come up, and I'm feeling 
like I'm in hell in fear of any kind. I can drop down into my heart. And now the question is, what do I do with all these feelings? I'm overwhelmed at times. Sometimes that means for me that I call out to a brother or sister that is stronger than I at this time in their heart and in this way of truth or in a way of truth that connects to my heart so I can, uh, like Lana was talking about, have the, the connection cord to my computer chip in my mind heart <laughs> connection again. And with that, I pass. I love you all. I pass. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Thank Jennifer. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. I just wanted to add, I forgot to mention, then I'll be quiet, that um, so much of my perception is based upon what uh, Lemoyne was sharing about a course of love. It points to unity and relationship. What is my, all I have to do is look within and ask, what is my relationship to this appearance? What is my response to this appearance? Um, and if I trust in the fact that everything is love or a call for love, that um, tells me what my response should be. Um, and if I'm not feeling it, you know, I'll, I go to forgiveness and to restore my mind. So my relationship with the world, with my brothers, um, with God, um, with myself, uh, can return to its, as Judy says, its original factory settings, which which is um, always love, which is always love. I'm complete. Thank you, Lana. I just, this is Jennifer again. I'm, I don't need a hog today, but I want to say really quickly that until I learn to trust, trust those that were stronger than me, I couldn't, I couldn't really be in the Christ within me. It was, but I, in time, in time, in the right time, which, which we all are given, whatever time it takes, you've been given, and you will, you will learn to trust again. Just keep, keep trying. That's the key. Love you. Jennifer? Jennifer. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say I'm praying for you. And um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Oh, thank you, Ida. Thank you, Jennifer and Ida. Thank you. 
Thank oh, you. Oh, I also want to. Oh, thank you. How, Lana? How are you and Harrison able to give us such wonderful, long, long, excellent, informative shares? I don't know how you do it, because I'm not doing it. <laughs> I can't do it at this point. So, anyway, God bless you both. That's all I can say. Oh, I don't do it always either. I don't. <laughs> You just haven't catch, caught me at one of my crazy moments. <laughs> my, my ego is as loud and fierce as everyone. There's something about these calls that just reconnect me with the holiness and the loveliness. So it's you guys. It's my brothers that are my source of joy and happiness. So I'm complete. Oh, thank you. Amen. It's in you, idea. It's there. Ida is like Mary and Jesus. You know, Mary and Mary didn't go out there and put herself on the line in the same way that Jesus did, but they were in in my heart, they are one and the same. So some of us might be more of the way of Mary and some of us more of the way of Jesus or the combination. You're more than enough right now. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you. I hope somebody's going to share soon because I'm starting to get to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks. 
This is Jennifer. I don't want to be a phone hog, but I do have one thing that was going through my head um, real quickly. And the question is to myself is if I'm in pain, if I'm asking why am I in pain, what's going on here, then it leads me to, you know, what am I really feeling here? And then I say, well, that's, that's a belief system once I kind of pan it out. And now these days it comes much quicker, really quick actually, compared to years and years of being lost in, uh, in space. <laughs> uh, and so now I refer to my lessons and um, uh, and when I ask what's going on here, it's a bridge back to uh, my heart. And then I, I'm able to make a choice to forgive or not and to look at the truth or not. And um, I'm choosing more and more to look at the truth. And that is we are all already saved. Nothing needs to be saved. Everything is being held, as in Lori's poem this morning, we're all being gently held. So for me, it's just to wake up and remember that every moment in present time. Are you complete, Jennifer? Yes, I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, honey. Thank you. That that is an excellent reminder, Jennifer. And what this call does, at least for me, I think for most of us, is, uh, or at least some of the more Western participants, is, I mean, his instruction is to, um, I believe it's in the workbook, the workbook introduction, you know, to... uh, to, like you said, remember uh, upon waking. And uh, do it again before sleep. Let's put that there to remind myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm complete there. I, does anyone else have a share as we approach the top of the hour? I do. I do. This is Lori. I've sure enjoyed this call this morning. And um, this lesson and this reading uh, seem to be a mystery until one day they're not. (laughs) Um, I was looking at a quote this morning. 
uh, the world's a holy sea. The world's a holy sea is holy like themselves. And uh, were it not, were it not for uh, the holy instant, holy relationship, the Holy Spirit, and all the means of grace, I would be left without my true identity. What is the body reminds me uh, that my identity is love in the same way the Course reminds me that I should teach only love for that is what I am. And um, and as I say, without the holy instant and holy relationship and the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that grandeur is the right of God's Son, that I was saved for glory. All of this, all of this uh, realization of self is God's gift to me. And my part, (laughs) if I have a part at all, it's not to interfere, you know. And that's why every morning we get up and we open that beautiful email and read that lesson. It's an act. It's, it's, a, it's a righteous act of giving my mind to truth. And for that tiny gift, for that tiny gift of my attention, for that tiny gift of my attention, paying attention softly, My dream of sin and guilt and shame and loneliness is transformed before my eyes. Were it not for all the means of grace, the holy instant, the holy relationship, the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't know anything. But accepting those gifts without interference allows God to be himself uh, through me. It's, as it says in the Manual for Teachers, power that is within but not of me. And he also reminds me I always choose between my weakness and the strength of God in me, the strength of Christ in me. Oh my goodness, in the Manual for Teachers, I'm reminded that the ego's weakness is your strength. <laughs> Isn't that something? The ego's weakness is your strength. So when I walk through that paradox of not understanding myself or knowing what I am um, and recognizing I don't know what I am, Christ has given permission uh, to be me. In Christ I take my stand. Christ is my glory. Um, 
all for not interfering with his plan for the unity of the Son of God. It's the Holy Spirit's task to take the broken pieces of the Son of God and put them back together again. Well, Lana, I liked your um, I liked your share today about letting God be God. It reminded me of that mystery of truth in the Bible where he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. When I let Christ be Christ, uh, fruit, fruit blossoms from my life that don't bless me alone, but rather bless the world. And all of that is just the gift of not interfering. Taking my attention and giving it to truth, as I said, allows God to be God. And the miracles that ensue from that are gifts of grace of the power within, but not of, you know? And uh, I'm also reminded of how deeply I need miracles. You know, you can't have a miracle without a brother. Did you know this? And, and miracles are for my mind. They change my mind. About what? About myself, about God, and about the nature of the world. Um, when I think I'm alone and in a body, I have no, no knowledge of the depth to which I need my brothers and the world to correct me, to correct my misperceptions, to correct the, the giant gap that's in my mind. Only in my mind, it's only in my mind, this gap that makes me think the world or my brother are separate from me. But every miracle of recognition this is what he's talking about in the appointed task, the miracle of recognition. And I know we've all had that experience of, of you meet someone seemingly for the first time and you instantly recognize them. How does that happen? It happens because I'm aware of the truth in me. And the truth in me is the truth in creation and in every brother. And and. The holiness um, joins holiness. And then I recognize my truth and the truth of self, you know? Um, <laughs> the body is a fence. What a silly thing. Um, you know, it's as if in insanity, it's as if in insanity I thought I could hide behind a toothpick. <laughs> And, and keep the light that God placed in my mind from shining. How silly is that? This light, this light, I will there be light. Remember that in Lesson 73? This light is not of you, but it's the light the world longs to behold. <laughs> and it will if I don't interfere. 
if I don't insert my personal self or my personal preferences or my personal beliefs or my personal values or my personal lack of trust or my personal fear uh, or any of it into that gap that seems to be there but isn't really. I read appointed task as uh, allowing unity to be true. Because it is. And it's insane. It's insane to interfere with that when it contains all the gifts my heart desires. Truly. I didn't have any idea when I was a personal self what would make me happy. I thought a thousand things would make me happy and none of them did. But when I stop interfering with truth, the gifts of grace fill the space. And so I read appointed task as um, letting truth be true and getting out of the way. Remember, I need to do nothing. You know, deep, deep, deep down within me, I have this, this tiny belief that I can't be holy. But holiness is the nature of creation. And uh, if I don't interfere with it, that will replace all my mistaken ideas about myself. And when it does, when it does, when the miracle of atonement dawns on my mind, the innocence and perfection and love of God for creation fills my mind, and that's how Creation's gentleness is all I see. His ideas replace my own. This frame of holiness is um, is is being worked within the mind constantly. He says, whether you're asleep or awake, I'm working with the mind, and. Um, all of it, all of it can come into my awareness if I'm undefended and open to the truth. And when you want only truth, you'll have only that, he says. That's been my experience. And, um, and the wonders that fall out of that are just... It just boggles the mind. You know, I think I'm in time and place and limited to a body. and It's, it's in this reading, too. Whether I think I'm in time or place or, or in my body, um, God's will is being worked. Even when I'm asleep to it, God's will is being worked. You know, Lesson 127 is a great reminder of that. That even while you were sleeping, I was giving in your name, Christ says. Even while you were sleeping, I was giving in your name. Um, there comes a point when um, forgiveness is so complete uh, that 
all your retained memory are those instances where love was made manifest. And every one of those instances, uh, it's for me to recognize by some happy accident I got out of the way. By some happy accident, uh, I let truth be true. By some happy accident, I let the Holy Spirit express through me. And uh, and the consequences of that uh, are so phenomenal uh, that I'm instantly transported uh, to truth along with my brother. You know, um, when I don't interfere with truth, I recognize that um, that that love is what's happening all the time, and I didn't even know that I was allowing it to serve through me and make manifest God's love in the world. I didn't even know that, and yet that's what's happening all the time, whether I'm awaking or asleep, but it's possible. Maybe that's my cue to be quiet. But it's it's possible. Uh, it's possible to be awake and aware. And allow my mind to be a shining reflection of the love of God. And all I have to do is not interfere because that light shines all by itself. Um, the appointed task uh, is to get out of the way and let God be God. The Christ in you is very still, but he leads you, knows where you are going, leads you in gentleness and safety all the way. And to my mind, I say, just be quiet. And it will reveal itself without my interference. It's just, you know, one time, uh, I have to say this, uh, because it's so phenomenal, but one time, uh, I was in a crisis situation. I mean, imminent death was right there, and uh, and it was very, very, very fearful. And all the messages that were being sent into that situation were fearful, and time was speeding by while this fear grew and grew. And someone turned to me and. I don't I don't even know who that someone was. It appeared to be a nurse, but I don't think so. <laughs> and someone turned to me and, and, and said, what do you say? And I don't even know what was said. Uh, to this day, I can't remember what was said, but something was. And peace returned to that situation, and a miracle was born. You know, 
My job is just not to interfere because the awareness the awareness of the Holy Spirit does everything to return my mind and all minds who are one with me back to the unity of truth. And um, and when I give that my attention softly, uh, love does everything that's necessary. The appointed task is not to interfere with light. I'm complete. Did you say you were complete, Lori? Yes, I think I am, Ida. <laughs> okay, thank you. That was wonderful. And I'm a little uncomfortable saying this, but I just want to thank everybody for their recent prayers for me that have allowed miracles to start happening into in my life. They are. They started to happen, maybe inwardly and outwardly, but starting inside, maybe, maybe quietly, but I can tell the difference, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, that's wonderful, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Ida. And Ida, um, you are mine, and we are yours. Yes, thank you, Ida, and thank you, Lori. Those were beautiful shares. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Yogi Chris, just uh, gently chiming in, wanting to be creation's gentleness. Welcome, Chris. Great to hear from you, Chris. Thank you. I'd like to uh, share about today's lesson. Creation's gentleness is all I see. Um, And the key word for me in that prayer is um excuse me sorry about that i get all choked up about these readings <laughs> um that um what we see is uh really inside of us um and the importance of 
for me, remembering that, knowing that, experiencing that, it says, and how deceived was I to think that what I feared was in the world instead of in my mind alone. That's so important to me. I like to read it one more time. What I feared was in the world instead of in my mind alone. So it's in my mind alone that I must heal. Um, that my um, that my inner world is what I look on now. And how do I look on it? Is it with creation's gentleness and compassion or with self-loathing and not loving myself when my inner world is presenting what it's presenting? Am I responding with gentleness, gentle love within in the moment? Because as I respond with gentle love within, we all know what happens without because we're doing this within. It just extends outward. So responding with gentleness is only in my mind. And, and again, it's how I, to me, I can only speak about how I'm seeing it. Please understand this is only my point of view, but I'm sure others could relate. What I see in my mind now could be gentleness because it's and it, whenever this arises it's an inner cry out for love so if i observe that as a like a little child crying out for love how i'm going to respond to the little child crying out for love is gentleness loving gentleness and kindness and that comes from my creator that shines that. And I'm a, I could allow that to happen. And that's what shines fear away. And the possibility of ending fear by doing that really brings me great joy. Um, I could shine heaven's light by being a gentle space of love on anything that arises in my mind now. Not so much on what people say and do, but what I do within with what they say and do. Um, our minds could remain in that love and see whatever needs to be seen within in gentleness. Insight in gentle sight. Um, so it feels good um, wanting for me to more and more to cultivate inner quiet and gentleness as I look upon my inner world within uh, and reflect loving energy and thoughts to whatever comes up within. Um, and, and, of course, that that I want to extend without comes from within because it's the same darn thing. That's wonderful. 
I'm delighted by that. I feel like one of my favorite things I used to enjoy when I was watching um, cartoons with my daughter when she was a toddler is, is Blue's Clues Blue, who used to say in a joyous way, I'm complete. That was just great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I'm going to follow on your share and close the call then with just the second paragraph of the lesson for the day. Creation's gentleness is all I see. In quiet would I look upon the world which but reflects your thoughts, thoughts of God, and mine as well. Let me remember that they are the same, and I will see creation gentleness. And thank you all for being here. This is not the end of the call, as I said, just the end of the recording. Thank you. And uh, I'll go ahead and do that now. <laughs>